This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. It is Friday, March the 17th. 2023. It is St. Patrick's Day and everybody's going nuts. It doesn't matter if you're Irish or not. Everybody goes bonkers on St. Patrick's Day, especially if you live in a cold weather city. We'll get to that and a whole lot more. But this is the bull in Cleveland. No, this is not the bull in Cleveland. I can't even keep track of myself. This is the bullpen with Adam the Bull, a national sports podcast as part of the Bet River Sports Network. And we are so excited to get into a ton of things. The NCAA tournament is underway. NFL free agency continues. Big news in Major League Baseball, which we'll get to. uh, And everybody going nuts about that. The NBA down the stretch. It is a great time of the year talking sports with you right here in the bullpen. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. So a lot to get to today. I'll start with St. Patrick's Day. Every It's so funny to me that everybody, it, it, it's technically it's an Irish holiday, but it's irrelevant if you're Irish or not at this point uh, because everybody goes crazy. There's always a parade. I, I know here in Cleveland, like it's bonk, it's going to be bonkers downtown. I have to go to downtown Cleveland, which is nothing like going to downtown New York or Chicago. It's not a massive city like that. And we don't have here like a ton of traffic. But I am uh, not looking forward to going downtown today because, like, people just lose their minds. Now, here, it's kind of raining and, and crappy, but it's not that cold. So I don't know what it's going to be like. But I'm sure every city in America today is having some crazy uh, St. Patrick's Day parade, which leads to, obviously, uh, people drinking themselves to oblivion. So be smart and be safe out there. Although, for many of you, by the time you listen to this, you'll probably be hammered already. Because I, I, I was out this morning. I took my son. Uh, to uh, I, I take him for baseball coaching. Uh, at, at, we we were out there at seven a.m. this morning. He was getting his fielding practice and, th- and uh, fielding practice in this morning. So I was out and about early. All these places got their corned beef cooking. So it should be a fun day. Have fun, but be safe. All right, all right. I want I do want to start uh, with the NCAA tournament before we bounce around to a bunch of other things. The end of that game last night between Furman and Virginia. We'll start there because that's how the tournament started off. Got off to a great start. Um, I always hear um, it's funny because there's a lot of people nationally who will say the TV network, you know, fans love an upset in the moment. And then they bring up, well, the TV networks want this or the or we we hear this all this this refrain all the time when it comes to baseball playoffs, football, maybe less football, but baseball, basketball, hockey, certainly. NCAA tournament, you want the, the, in baseball, hockey, basketball, you want the, the big city teams. TV wants the big city teams. Um, and certainly for the NCAA tournament, you not, it's not about big city, but it's about the, the blue blood uh, colleges, right? You know, the Dukes, the ones that bring in the ratings. 
I, it's funny to me, and even I just talked about it now for a minute. Who gives a shit what the what the TV wants? I don't know why this gets so much conversation. Now, again, you're saying, well, Bull, you're bringing it up. You're making it part of the conversation. But I'm only doing that to make the point that I don't give a shit what the TV uh, people want. Why would I care? As a fan, I don't care. And I do like the upsets. I understand that it's it, it often leads to in the next round or eventually or maybe in the Sweet 16, it can often lead to one-sided games. But so do plenty of four or five games or three six games in the second round or three seven games in the in the Sweet 16. There's going to be blocks. There's going to be close games. A team pulls one upset. It, to me, it's fun when these teams make a run. Uh, you could say, well, I don't know any of the players on Furman. You may not know any of the players on Princeton. In in the in college basketball in 2023, unless you're an absolutely diehard college basketball fan, of which I don't think there's that high a percentage, certainly of this audience, do you know the players on any team besides your team and maybe some of the, the rivals of your team and whatever conference your team is in? No. Most of the good players in college basketball leave after one year. This is not your father's, if you're young, or my age NCAA tournament. When I, to, in the 80s, that was the heyday of the NCAA tournament college basketball for me. I was a kid in New York. I was a huge St. John's fan. I'm still a St. John's fan. But I'm not as locked into it, A, because I don't like college basketball as much as I did when I was uh, a, a teen, and B, because St. John's sucks. They're irrelevant. Now, if they get Rick Pitino to be their next head coach, maybe things turn around. I'd like to see that, but that's another story for another day, although he's a, a low life, but he's a good coach, so who cares? Uh, another big upset yesterday, of course, Princeton. We've seen Princeton be a pest in this tournament before. They've done it again. Shocking number two, Arizona, 59-55. So a couple of close wins. and a good, But the end of that Furman-Virginia game, if you didn't see it, go back and watch the video. Furman down two in the closing seconds. Virginia with the ball. It gets stolen on the inbounds pass. The kid catches it, takes a three-pointer, nails it with, I think, two seconds left, three seconds left, whatever it was. And Furman pulls the upset. Uh Every day on my TV show, the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, I do a my Bet Rivers bet of the day, and uh, um, on on Wednesday, I think it was, my Bet Rivers bet of the day was that a number thirteen seed would beat a number five seed in the first round of the tournament, and right off the bat, I cashed in on that one as Furman took care of business in the thirteen seed. By the way, uh, excuse me, not against the five seed, against the four seed. Uh, by the way, I think another 13 seed is going to win today. And that's a team that I know, you know, decently because they're a local team for, for me here in Cleveland. And that's the Kent State Golden Flashes who won the, who won the, the MAC tournament. Um, and they'll play Indiana. And Kent State is really good. They're a fun team to watch. I think the game's really late. Um, but, but check out Kent State play. And I think they're going to pull the upset over Indiana. Uh, Kent State's got a, a senior guard. Um, I don't know that he has. He's been phenomenal. Sincere Carey is his name. It's his fifth year in college basketball. Obviously, with the COVID year, some guys didn't play that year. Everybody got an extra year. But he's a, a fifth-year senior. And he averaged um, 18 points, four rebounds, five assists, 
and two steals a game and only turns it over two times a game. This kid's really good. So check him out tonight. I think they're going to upset Indiana. We'll see. So I got them. That was my best bet of the day on uh, yesterday. I also got I also got uh, Maryland covering against Holy Cross in women's hoops tonight. The Holy Cross women had to travel by bus almost 400 miles to play Maryland, who's one of the top teams in the country. Uh, so that so there you go. Anyway, uh, other games yesterday in the tourney. Well, I'm not going to get through the other scores, but uh, Alabama, Maryland won. San Diego State beats uh, beat Charleston. Shout out to my niece. Uh, Ava Lasardo, who just got accepted to San Diego State University yesterday. She's very excited. Uh, it was her top choice, so I think she'll be going there as a freshman next year. Uh, Missouri beat Missouri over Utah State. Duke took care of business against Laurel Roberts. Uh, Tennessee, not easy. A lot of people thought that, I, I, that was another 13 seed I thought I had a chance to win. And Tennessee uh, did hold on against Louisiana to win that one. Uh, Northwestern gets the job done. I thought they were underseeded at seven. It was close with Boise State. UCLA easy over UNC Nashville. Kansas won. Arkansas beat Illinois in that 8-9 game. Disappointment for Illinois, who got off to a good start this year. Texas beats Colgate by 20. Uh, Penn State with, uh, I guess, a slight upset, 10 over 7 out of the Big Ten, handled uh, Texas A&M 76-59. Houston won. I didn't see that game, but I I, I heard uh, or, or I didn't hear it actually yet. But but Monzo told me that uh, Mike was saying that uh, Houston didn't look good because I didn't see that game. Uh, I I rarely watch the one sixteen games. They're usually not worth watching. And Auburn beat Iowa. So there there you go. So couple. Uh, I mentioned Kent State. Uh, that is a late game. It's nine fifty five Eastern. Indiana Kent State tonight, which is one to keep keep an eye on uh and uh so there you go that's the uh that's the game i'll be looking forward to watching tonight michigan state usc is another interesting one michigan state did not play well down the stretch lost to ohio state a bad team in the uh big 10 tournament but uh you know with tom izzo they're always primed for a run in the tourney gonzaga's a three seed um, uh, the, another four seed UConn is interesting game against Iona. And that's about it. A lot of the other matchups are kind of boring to me today. All right. <clears throat> Quick break. I'm going to switch it up. I want to get to baseball. I'll get to the NFL as well. Uh, that's coming up next. You're listening to the bullpen with Adam, the bull. You're in the bullpen with Adam, the bull on the bet rivers network. All right, folks, let's switch gears here. Let's talk some baseball. Yesterday on the podcast, I talked about the injury to Edwin Diaz uh, at the World Baseball Classic. I'm sure by now you all know, but if you don't, Edwin Diaz did tear his patella tendon. Uh, so obviously after, in fact, I think he's having surgery today already. Um, and so he will... Um, he will miss the whole season or probably miss the whole season. I guess if he, you know, you never know. I never like to say with a hundred percent certainty he's going to miss the whole season. Cause we did see in 2016, Kyle Schwarber tear up his knee on the first day of the regular season. So this is two weeks before that. And he came back for the world series. So you never know if the Mets make a run uh, for Mets fans. Obviously this is a devastating injury. The season is not over. I was listening to, um, 
uh, a show yesterday on MLB radio. And um, I heard this Met and Met fans, uh, you know, listen, I grew up in New York, so I know tons of Met fans. Um, and, and they are a pessimistic bunch by nature, no matter how good the team is. I heard some guy call in about the Mets and he was like, Pete Alonzo stinks and Jeff McNeil stinks. And, uh, it's all over because Edwin Diaz is done. The Mets are going to finish in last place. They're an embarrassment. And I'm like, are you insane? Like the top of the East is tough. I get it. It's hard to bet against the Braves because they find a way to get it done every year. But the Mets are still very likely to make the playoffs. And I don't like, you know, I, I'm far from a Mets fan. I can't. Yeah, I hate. I, I mentioned before I hated the Mets when I was a kid. I don't hate them anymore. But, uh, but I'm certainly not a Mets fan. But I still think the Mets are pretty good. Yes, is this a big blow? Absolutely. Do I like the Mets bullpen? I mentioned this yesterday. The day I think it was yesterday. I don't love their bullpen. You know, Monzo and I were talking about they have David Robertson. He has closing experience. Adam Adovino, nice pitcher. But those guys aren't lights out like Diaz. The reality is that Diaz can't be replaced one for one. But the Mets are going to need to make an addition. I'm surprised, honestly, that they didn't try, even before the Diaz injury, that they didn't try to add at least one more veteran to the pen. However, we've seen time and time again, teams like who... The Yankees didn't have uh, – now, ultimately, the Yankees lost in the ALCS. It wasn't like they had a great closer, you know? I mean, having a, a lights-out closer is a, is a nice thing. It's a benefit, but, like, it's not the end of the world. If I'm the Mets, I'd rather lose Edwin Diaz than Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso is going to help me every day. Edwin Diaz, excellent pitcher, but bullpens by nature are questionable. Like, Edwin Diaz could have had a bad year, is more likely to – I mean – Baseball in general is unpredictable. It's not like Pete Alonso couldn't have had a bad year, but by and large, bullpenners are more volatile than hitters. This is not football, right? In football, you lose your quarterback, your season's probably over. If you have a, a, a really good quarterback, if the Chiefs lose Patrick Mahomes for the season, if the Bengals lose Joe Burrow for the season, if the Bills lose Josh Allen for the season, you get the point. The season's over with rare exceptions, right? In the NBA, if if one of your big superstar, like if, if Giannis gets hurt for Milwaukee, their season's over. They're not winning the, the NBA championship without Giannis. If Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, uh, but I'll say Tatum, but they're kind of, you know, co-elite stars. If one of those guys goes down, they'll still be pretty good with, with one of them. It's not as, you know, it's not quite the level of Giannis. But they're not, they're not winning a championship without both of those guys. It's not going to happen. LeBron in his prime, Kevin Durant in his prime, whatever. Like all these, you've got to have those guys. Um, in, in, uh, and, but in baseball, that's not the case. Like you can't give up on a season based on one guy getting hurt, no matter who that guy is. Mike Trout was the best player in baseball for years. The Angels didn't win anything, no matter how good he was. Um, I, yeah, I get it. There's some guys, you know, ha, that, that are going to make a difference potentially, you know, if Aaron judge got hurt, would I pick the Yankees to make the playoffs? Maybe that would be the difference pushing them down. It's all a matter of how many games Edwin Diaz being gone. Will that, will that, 
Will my prediction for how many games the Mets win be different based on that? Sure. Is it going to be 20 games different? Of course not. I'm thinking it's, you know, I, I hadn't officially made my prediction yet. I, like I said, next week I'm going to do a, a full MLB preview, either next week or the week after, but I'll do a full MLB preview. But let's just say, for example, I was I was probably going to pick the Mets to win, So let's say it was 97 wins. Well, maybe now I'll say they'll win 92, 91, 93. Is that still enough to make the playoffs? Probably. Uh, do their odds of making the playoffs without Edwin Diaz go down? Yes. Significantly? No. A couple of percentage points. This is not, it's not like basketball. It's not like football. In hockey, Monzo. Monzo, you with me here? Yes. Oh. In hockey, because I'm not a hockey aficionado, what's your opinion on this? To me, I think it's the goalie, right, in the playoffs? Yeah, well, so. Although I guess, like, you know, if it. If you lose Connor McDavid, if you lose, if the Rangers lost Patrick Kane, who they just got from Chicago, is that the difference between them winning and losing? They could still win. Or could they still it. win but it without him? You mentioned the goalie. There are times where goalies you've never heard of step in, yeah. and are just ridiculous in the playoffs. So yes, uh, right. So I would say hockey's more like baseball in that one injury for the you know again there are exceptions here or there. But I think hockey's more like baseball, where one injury is not going to so, take a great team and make them just bad. Just to mention the Rangers, Patrick Kane is a rough example. If they lost Miki yeah. Zibanejad, that would be a very yeah. tricky injury to overcome for the playoffs. But it, it's survivable. Okay, well, why is that? Just, he's, he's their top center. Why is that? He's, their, you know, he's a great penalty killer. Yeah. He, the team kind of runs through. When he does well, the team does well. And so that would be tricky. But. Right. I don't think he's okay. done. I, I get you. Done, I get you. Just be a very tough injury to overcome. Right. I, I think hockey is closer to baseball in that the playoffs in hockey, as little as I know about hockey, I know this because I paid more attention to hockey when I was younger. When the Rangers won the cup, I remember people running down the streets of Brooklyn naked, literally naked in the streets of Brooklyn when the Rangers won the cup. Uh, but what's that? Thank God you weren't filming me. Uh, <laughs> well, how old were you then? No, I was 11. Yeah, exactly. So I was 23, I think. It was 94, right? Yes. Yeah, I was 23. So, I can't believe you had to ask that. What's that? I can't believe you had to I ask just, that. I knew 94. it. I just wanted to be 100% certain I was right. I was right. I mean, it's 30 years ago. The memory gets cloudy after a while. But, um, but what I do know about hockey that, like baseball, the, the playoffs are, are, are often a crapshoot, and, and upsets, which I say in air quotes, happen way more often in baseball and hockey than they do in basketball and football. It, in, in hockey, it doesn't – you just want to get in. It doesn't matter if you're right. the eighth seed. That's the same thing in baseball. In baseball and hockey, you punch your ticket, you got a shot. Once in a while, there's a team where you're like, I just don't see that team winning. But it's very rare in a series in baseball – uh, to say this team's got no chance. I remember when the Yankees played the Padres in the World Series. Um, I remember thinking the Padres had no chance. And in fact, in 1984, 40 years ago, when the Tigers played the Padres in the World Series after the Padres rallied to beat the Cubs in the NLCS, I remember thinking the Padres had no chance. That, that Tiger team was one of the best teams I've ever seen. But for the most part in baseball, it's a crapshoot. Most part in hockey, it's a crapshoot. Football... Much more predictable. Much more. 
basketball, most predictable. I mean, you rarely have a significant upset in the NBA. I know the COVID year there was some. I discount that year. But in, in the NBA, there is very rarely a significant upset. I'd say one of the biggest in recent year and somewhat recent years was when the Mavericks beat LeBron and Wade in the Heat in that finals that year. That was one of the bigger ones. But even that wasn't, like, crazy. Um, so, I mean, like, the Dodgers losing last year. They were such a dominant team, and they lose early in the playoffs. I mean, that just really doesn't happen in football, very rarely in football, and almost never in the NBA. But to bring it back around to what I originally brought up, which was the Mets and, and the Edwin Diaz situation, I do think that at some point this year, the Mets will address that. Um, I think they'll add. And if you and that's why as a Mets fan, you can't go over the top. Now, think about this. The two best closers in baseball right now, and this ebbs and flows because it changes, right? A year, like Josh Hader had been the best closer in baseball for a while, and then last year he struggled. He pitched better when he got traded, but the last year there were two lights-out closers beyond anybody else, a head and shoulders. Edwin Diaz of the Mets, who we've been talking about, and Emmanuel Classe of the Cleveland Guardians. Now, think about the difference here. Now, again, um, it's not the it, one player is not going to end the season. The Guardians, like the Mets, are a good team. Uh, I think the Mets overall are a little better, uh, which is not hard to be considering they have four times the payroll that the Guardians have. Uh, I think it's actually close to that four times, which is insane. It's at least three and a half times. But anyway, and the Guardians top to bottom um, have a better bullpen than the Mets. Uh, if you're a casual baseball fan, you probably never heard of anybody in the Guardians bullpen. But as someone that's a baseball nerd like me and covers Cleveland sports, the Guardians bullpen top to bottom, at least last year, was really good. A lot of young guys. Will they be as good this year? You, know, you don't know for sure. But on paper right now, the Guardians have a better bullpen than the Mets, even before the Diaz injury, and now much better. However, the advantage that the Mets have that the Guardians wouldn't. If Emmanuel Classe got injured for the year, the Guardians are not making a significant trade to replace him. They might add another relief pitcher of lesser significance and minimum money, but they're not making a significant. Now, the Guardians might make a significant trade, one significant trade at some point this year, but they're very careful about making those kinds of trades. They're very rare, and they certainly don't like to add payroll during the season, at least not significant. Where for the Mets, it's irrelevant. The Mets can make five significant trades. I'm not saying they're going to, but like the Mets could go out. You know, you're probably not going to do it now because no team's going to trade a really good closer before the season. It's unlikely. But by the time we get to May, even certainly by June, you, there's going to be a few closers that are really good, that are having good seasons, that are on bad teams. And the Mets will go get them. There's just there's no doubt that that will happen at some point this year, unless somehow the Mets bullpen is significantly better than I think it's going to be top to bottom. So while the so for two reasons, the Diaz injury is not the end of the world. It's a negative. There's no doubt about it. I'm not trying to pretend it doesn't matter. It definitely matters. They're a worse team without them. They have less of a chance to win without them. Hundred percent. But it can be made up. They have an excellent team overall. And it's hard to believe that Steve Cohen will not make a trade. Again, I don't expect him to do anything of significance now. I heard Steve Phillips, former Mets GM, suggest Zach Britton. I mean, I don't think Zach Britton's got much left to give. If the Mets signed him, fine. I don't think he could rely on him in any way due to, you know, injuries. And he just hasn't been quite as effective overall 
since his Oriole days. I know he did have some success for the Yankees, but not to that same level with Baltimore. Um, but you can't rely on him. But, you know, maybe they'll do that. But I, I think at some point this year, even – and I think the Mets are going to do well. I don't think they're going to get off to a bad start or anything. I think they'll be a good team. But at some point this year, they will make a trade for a closer. Or, or even if it's not a closer, let's say David Robertson is just having a magnificent season, he's closing, whatever. Even if it's not a closer, they'll trade for a significant back-end bullpen piece at some point this year. You can mark it down. Uh, I, I'd be, unless the only way that doesn't happen is if the Mets are surprisingly awful this year. And I think the odds of that are, are very unlikely. All right. Uh, let's, let's wrap it up with the NFL. Um, obviously today is day five of free agency. It feels like it's kind of over. That's just the way the NFL works. And we'll soon be turning to the page to the NFL draft, which is what five weeks away, six, I think it's six weeks away, six weeks from yesterday. Uh, there were some moves of significance both this morning and yesterday that I just kind of wanted to hit on before we, uh, wrap things up, uh, veteran linebacker, Devin Bush. Uh, veteran. I mean, he's not that much of a veteran. He just he was a first round pick in 2019. Um, signed with Seattle. It's an interesting signing to me because Devin Bush was a first round pick, had a great rookie season in 2019. And you may remember with Pittsburgh and you may remember in 2020 in the COVID year, he tore his ACL, missed most of that season after getting hurt. And he has not been the same player since now, three years from the injury. Could he turn it around? We'll see. It's an interesting pickup for Seattle. Uh, The rest of the quarterbacks have kind of gone off the board here. We saw Marcus Mariota sign a one-year $5 million deal. He can make up to $8 million with Philly. He will replace Gardner Minshew as the backup for Jalen Hurts. And speaking of Gardner Minshew, he has a new home, and he has a good chance to be a starter this year. Gardner Minshew signed a one-year, $3.5 million contract um, with the Indianapolis Colts. Now, uh, the Colts are drafting fourth, so certainly they could be in line to to draft a quarterback. But, you know, we'll see what they I, – I think, listen, I'm not a huge Gardner Minshew guy. I've talked time and time again about how you have to have that top 8, 10 player, wherever you draw the line for yourself personally. But I, I think Gardner Minshew has the ability poss- to be a mid-tier quarterback. Now, again, I don't think you can win. The only way you can win with a mid-tier quarterback is if your team is perfect around them, and that's nearly impossible to do. So if I'm Indianapolis, um, I'm still trying to get a tra- get a uh, quarterback. Um, the, the, the situation that, that could be tricky for Indianapolis is we know Carolina is going to take a quarterback at one. We know Houston's going to take a quarterback at two. Now, Arizona's picking third. They don't – well, they need a quarterback for part of the season, but they're not likely to draft a quarterback because they just committed to Kyler Murray. Now, we may think it's a mistake they committed to Kyler Murray, but they did it. They're not going to give up on him already. So you say, well, what's the problem? A lot of people are suggesting there's three, you know, franchise potential quarterback, maybe even four. But if the Colts look at it as only three, and I don't know, you have no idea what their breakdown and their draft board looks like, it is entirely possible that somebody may offer Arizona a trade to get up to the three spot. Now, that's something that might not happen until the day of the draft because if you're 
you look at the teams a little further down. So Seattle at five, I don't see them looking for a quarterback. I could, you know what? I shouldn't say that because I don't think Geno Smith's a long-term answer. Seattle could potentially trade up. I, I don't think so. I think Detroit's going to stick with Jared Goff. Uh, I don't love Jared Goff, but he did. He showed some pretty good improvement and had really great talent around him. I think the Lions are an interesting team. I think they have a good chance to win that division next year. So they might stand pat. Now, Vegas at seven. They signed Garoppolo, but they got to be looking for a long-term answer. Atlanta at eight. Remember, they drafted Desmond Ritter last year. They signed uh, Taylor Heineke. So I think a lot of people think they're not going to draft a quarterback, and they probably won't, but I wouldn't completely rule it out. Obviously, the Bears dropped down to nine. Tennessee at 11 is another team that could try to trade up for a quarterback, and it's not insane to think the Jets at 13. Now, it's probably insane because they pro- they're probably not going to have that 13th pick because they're probably going to have to trade it for Aaron Rodgers. But if for some reason they don't, if that doesn't happen or – they're somehow able to get him without giving up that pick. It's not crazy, but unlikely. I think the team most likely is the Raiders. Now, the question is, I've seen a lot of mock drafts that have had the Raiders taking Will Levis out of Kentucky with the seventh pick of the draft. However, we have no idea if the Raiders think that Will Levis is as good as Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Most people think Stroud and Young are going to go one-two. To me, I'm not, I want nothing to do with Anthony Richardson. I know a lot of people are comparing him to Josh Allen, who was a guy, Josh Allen, big, strong guy, great athlete. Anthony Richardson, big, strong guy, great athlete. Uh, Josh Allen, not overly productive in college. Anthony Richardson, not overly productive in college. A couple of differences, though. Number one, Josh Allen was playing at a smaller school, and I think, that affected his ability to have some success. Whereas Anthony Richardson played in an SEC program in Florida. I know they aren't what they were, but it's a bigger school. Number two, Josh Allen started more than one year. Anthony Richardson did not. The last guy that stands out to me that started one year, and he had a lot more success than Richardson in college, was Mitch Trubisky, and he's been awful in the NFL. And Mitch is a kid that's from where I live here in Cleveland. He's He, he grew up in a town and played high school and was great. This town called Menor, which is about 30 minutes from where I live. I live on the west side, western suburbs of Cleveland. He was from the eastern suburbs of Cleveland. Very, you know, when he was here, it was a big deal, and everybody wanted him to do well, but he's not an NFL quarterback. He's a backup. I don't, Anthony Richardson obviously has some potential. I, I would never draft him that high. Uh, but then again, I wouldn't have drafted Josh Allen that high. Again, I don't think the comparison's perfect, but people have made it. We'll see. But if the Raiders become enamored with Richardson, it is entirely possible they could try to trade up with Arizona at three, and now Indianapolis could be out of luck. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how that turns out. A couple of other uh, quickies I wanted to hit on. The Bears, who have done a, had a very active offseason here, signed Robert Tunyon, the former Packard tight end. You know, good addition as a second tight end. They also signed Deontay Foreman, who was a high pick a few years ago, kind of fell off the map in the last two years. He's been a backup running back who has gotten an opportunity. First, when when Derrick Henry got hurt two years ago, he filled in for him. And then last year, he was on um, Carolina when they traded Christian McCaffrey, got an opportunity there. And he played well in both stops. I think he and Khalil Herbert 
I'm a little frustrated because I've got Khalil Herbert on my keeper league fantasy team. I know nobody cares about my fantasy league, but uh, I was hoping Khalil Herbert would be the clear lead back. But I think the two of them as a combo is an interesting combo for the Bears there. Uh, and then this morning, uh, at New England, they love their two tight ends. Remember, they had Hunter Henry and Janu Smith that they signed last year. They traded Janu Smith to Atlanta a couple days ago. Well, they got back to their two tight ends. They signed Mike Gusecki, one year, $9 million. I think Gusecki made a mistake. I think Gusecki, I don't know if the Bengals offered him a contract, but I know the Bengals need a tight end. They, I'm sure they wouldn't have offered him $9 million. I get it. These guys want every last dollar. To me, if I'm Gusecki, and again, I don't know that the Bengals offered him anything, but to me, being the tight end on the Bengals is going to make you money the next year. It made Uzama money. It made Hayden Hurst money. What kind of numbers is he going to put up playing with with that offense and that quarterback? With the Bengals, he would have put up good numbers as the fourth option. But whatever. Uh, and, and Darius Slay re-signed, uh, signed an extension with the Eagles, two years, 42 million mentioned. They were going to, they were close to keeping him yesterday and now they officially do. All right. That's going to do it for today's edition of the bullpen with Adam, the bull, everybody have a great weekend. Have a safe weekend. I'm actually going, I'm actually going to a hockey game this weekend, Monzo. I'm going to see the, the, the Cleveland monsters who are the, top minor league affiliate for what franchise do you know as as the resident diehard hockey fan do you know what franchise they are the top minor league affiliate for the cleveland monsters i have uh the st louis blues that's a bad job out of you uh, yeah. the cleveland monsters i have absolutely no the idea. columbus blue jackets okay well, i was wasn't that a reasonable a, guess where is the where are the rangers uh top team hartford okay yeah i mean close right anyway i'm going they do a good job they have uh they got these three guys that dress up like the Hanson brothers that, that clean the ice every few minutes. So they do a nice job there. I'm actually going to a Cleveland charge game, which is the G league team for the Cavs. I'm taking my son to see them play on Saturday night. You're really selling Cleveland well, by the way. What's that? You're really selling things to do in Cleveland well. That's true. I know this is a national podcast, but oh, am I saying minor league hockey and minor league basketball? No, it's, it sounds like a good time. Good weekend with the, with the, with the kids. With the, yeah, we're going to have some fun. So, and uh, there you go. All right. So, everybody have a great weekend. I'll be back. Uh, we'll be doing a, a, a Cleveland local podcast Monday and plenty more national shows next week. Uh, thanks to Monzo. Everybody have a great weekend. And I'll see you next time on The Bullpen with Adam the Bull as part of the Bet Rivers Network. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. <laughs>